What's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. We have a preview of the Texas Summer Open, which is going to be happening next Saturday in Houston, Texas, at beautiful Texas Barbell Syndicate. And we break down the men, we break down the female, we give our top three for male and female. This is going to be a great meet with some high-level competitors. I am excited to not only be commentating the meet, but also spectating to see some of the best lifters in Texas and in the USAPL. Going to be a very, very fun meet, and it was great doing the preview. Also, at the tail end of the show, we get into the USAPL's nominations at IPF. Looks like they're accepted. We talk a little bit about that, some very, very, very early, you know, uh, breakdown matchups kind of thing, which we will cover more and more when we get into the uh, the next few weeks or probably three to two weeks out from IPF Worlds. Uh, we have some really good ideas for that, too. Very similar to the March Madness. Uh, Steve Pitch is a really good idea what we can do as far as creativity goes. But before we get into that, got to talk to you guys about Left Floor Bros. Ladies and gentlemen, go to leftfloorbros.com. Follow them on Instagram and check out their merchandise. Leffler Bros has the best powerlifting merchandise in the game right now because they make you look good in the gym, on the platform, outside the gym. There are triple threats. Also, I mentioned the Texas Summer Open at the beginning of the show at Texas Barbell Syndicate. Those comp tees that they made are just beautiful. I don't know if they're comp tees. I'm going to call them meat tees, but... They're dope. We talk about on the podcast. They are fantastic. And it doesn't stop there. It only gets better from Leffler Bros. From that shirt out, they're going to drop more and more new designs, new colorways, new t-shirt designs, new merchandise, dad hats, th- socks. Leffler Bros. has you covered. And use promo code 2WL15 to save yourself some money at checkout. Promo code 2WL15. Also, on LeffleurBros.com, you get two white lights merchandise as well exclusively sold on leftlarbros.com. You cannot get two white lights merchandise, which we have three different t-shirts and a dad hat. Anywhere else aside from leftlarbros.com, use that same exact promo code 2WL15. So you are going to get Bros merchandise, put it in your shopping cart, and also you're going to fill your shopping cart up with some two white lights merchandise because you love both equally, and you're going to use that same promo code 2WL15. Also, make sure you're going to Rival Nutrition and get yourself some informed choice supplements. If you're a USAPL lifter, you might want to make sure that you don't have any banned substances in your pre-workout, your branched amino acids, or protein powders. Rival Nutrition has got you covered. Use promo code ANGELO20 to save yourself some money. ANGELO20, save yourself some money. Also, make sure you are on lift.net and getting yourself some Stoic gear. Stoic gear is growing, and it's growing because the quality of the gear is is fantastic. They have the best powerlifting equipment on the market right now. Use promo code ANGELO10 and you will save yourself some money on what is already affordable powerlifting knee sleeves, wrist wraps, and singlets. It's affordable already, but use promo code ANGELO10 to save yourself some more money. I'm telling you, Stoic is going to take over the game as far as equipment goes in the next in the next years or so uh, because they keep on coming out with great, great merchandise. Also, make sure you are going on to NotoriousLift.com and also following my Instagram and signing up for that newsletter so you don't miss out on any drops with Notorious Lift No Slip Drip slip drip Slippers. Best deadlift slippers on the market. It's going to help your deadlift also. It's going to make you damn good doing it. They are having restocks. They are dropping more of their old designs this weekend. Make sure you are getting on those drops and use promo code ANG15, A-N-G-15, to save 15% off of your order. And 
this is big because a lot of times people miss out on the drops. This is your second chance to get some of the drops you missed out on because this Saturday, I think they have three or four coming out. So they have the stealth, the black ones, the pink, the breast cancer awareness ones, the gold, the white, white with the gold, and they have more designs and colorways coming out. Notorious Lift slippers are killing it, and they're going to continue to kill it. And also, we're available on Spotify. We're Apple, available on Apple Podcasts. We're available on our website as well. Subscribe to all three. I cannot thank you guys enough for the support you've given us so far. We have a lot of five-star ratings coming in. We have a lot of reviews coming in, um, and I'm very, very appreciative of that. Also, for those who donate to Two White Lights, I thank you very much. Uh, if you want to donate, just DM either Two White Lights or me at 14 Power. And you can donate anywhere from a dollar to, we have some people donating upward near $500, which is very, very generous. And I, again, I can't thank you enough for guys that we are looking to get more on Twitch. We're looking to get more, uh, maybe some video stuff going, maybe a studio. So that's what we're shooting for with those donations. But without further ado, here it is, two white lights. It is Friday, July 30th, and we have a preview show. One of our favorite things to do on Two White Lights. How are you, Steve? I'm doing good. And this, this is a preview show that hits close to home because you're going to be there. Yeah. I always love doing preview shows that I'm going to attend the meet or commentate the meet or do both. And I've been looking forward to this one for a while. This was announced a long time ago. I think when the Carolina Prime Times came up, this Texas Summer Open at Texas Barbell Syndicate also came up. And it's going to be a really good time because we have a lot of Two White Lights influence there. We got some Left Love Bros coming to the meets it's in houston texas which is now the place i call home we have a lot of lifters who i've admired greatly for a while a lot of great lifters who put together great performances uh at a great gym and i can never get enough of a primetime session yeah and we've got a great roster here i mean this one's kind of cool this is this is more like the the texas texas strength classic where it wasn't supposed to be a primetime meet it's just because it's in Texas, it's probably going to end up being a, a primetime session because 90% of the strongest power lifters in the world are seemingly from Texas. And so it just naturally happened that they had enough lifters to do a primetime meet. And they had a lot of strong lifters. I mean, we got, uh, let's see, seven, 17 men, five women. I know we had Cassandra, it was a Cassandra Carlton dropped out because she's doing Worlds, correct? Do I have that name right? Uh, Cassandra Carlton, I don't know. Is she signed up for Worlds? She except yeah, she's, she's going to Worlds as a junior. Oh, really? Is she on the nominations list? Yeah, 69 kilo, Cassandra Carlson. Yep. Oh, cool. Oh, that's actually good good news because I know she was going through a little bit of injury uh, recently, and I thought that was the reason why she wasn't doing the uh, Texas Barbell Syndicate meet. But the fact that she's doing Worlds means, you know, that means uh, that means uh, – Hopefully things are getting a little bit better for her. I know I'm mean, I'm only going off of Instagram story posts and all that stuff, so that's all spec. I did message her to see if she was doing this meet or not because that would have been big for the preview show. 
He said no, so I was like, okay, it's either one of the two, Worlds or Injury, and all right, cool. So if he's doing Worlds, that's going to be really exciting to see. Uh, he had that World spot for 69 kilo, and yeah, uh, I think when initially when the meet was announced, I think Cassie and Laisha was the two big storylines going into it, that matchup, because those are the two, I think, the best 69 kilo junior lifters in the world, and also they have a... Or, um, in the USAPL, and they have a very, very good chance of being, you know, top three when the 69 kilo weight class kind of unfolds, um, like we've seen this year at Raw Nationals. Yeah. So we got, I want to know if I got this right. Obviously, you are commentating. Joe Stanek's coming out to commentate. Um, and then, is it David? Is David Garcia the announcer? Yes, he is going yep, to David MC. David Garcia is coming out to MC. Mother Teresa of Gaines. I'm very excited to uh, see that as well. So, yeah, they also have uh, a VIP session or like section where you get to bring some drinks or you get some drinks served to you. It comes with a little package. It's going to be fun. And I know if you're in Texas, one of the cool things about going to meets or just uh, attending some of these meets is that you're just going to see a bunch of or a shit ton of really good powerlifters there, either coaching, cheering on their athletes, watching, spectating, supporting some friends. Uh, and that's always a cool thing. It's um, it's the it's the mecca of powerlifting, in my opinion. Houston, Texas. People come out to see it. People are excited for these type of meets, and I'm very excited. And also, uh, Mark knew that was coming, so he got like hotel. I think he got some hotel deal deals for the uh, for some of the people just coming out, which was an excellent, excellent idea from Mark. Yes, very nice. And I, 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 unfortunately, he actually invited me to come out to announce with you. I unfortunately couldn't because I've got a lifter competing the same day in Missouri um, that I was already scheduled to handle. Um, but I think the only other thing I'll throw out there just for a little hype is or a little promo. You already said Left Floor Bros is a part of this. They aren't only a part of it. They've got a special collaboration T-shirt. Oh, yeah. Um, I ended up getting that because it was, it was dope. Yep. Yep. This isn't even like, oh, go buy Left Floor Bros and use our, our discount code. No, this is a pretty dope shirt. I just got it because it was awesome. So um, they've got. I think that's the official meat t-shirt. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, that looks amazing. I think I've talked about it in the intro of the show, and I'm going to put in the intro of the show for, I think, the past three shows now. Yeah, it looks great. Notorious Lift is a sponsor as well. So, again, Two White Lights influence their brands that I love, brands that I support, brands that I have faith in. A gym that I have faith in, a meat director that I have faith in, lifters that I have faith in, and let's talk about those lifters because yeah. we got we got some good lifters. Uh, let's start with the male side. Uh, a lot of lifters here uh, challenging for top three, um, and it's going to be uh, two flights, I believe. And the males hold the, the just the greater volume of lifters in this meet. Yep, yep, it's definitely male dominant. Um... We've got some very strong women, and we're going to get to them. But um, in the in the in the sense of like the the top to bottom competitiveness, I mean, we've got uh, sixteen lifters with a ninety good lift score or higher, and probably at least half of those ninety five plus. I mean, um, kind of give a little breakdown of kind of prizes. Um, this is mainly a best lifter meet. I mean, it, that's that's what it's going for. Um, there's going to be uh, best lifter awards, best lifter banner, but we're kind of looking at top three. There's t- there's there's prizes for top three, and that's kind of what we're going to be looking at for predictions. Um, I've got personally eight lifters I see going to be in the running for top three. Now, just per usual, we always end up missing one um, that comes out of the woodworks and ends up dominating and like does amazing. Um, 
it's probably going to happen again. So I apologize if we overlook anyone. Um, I know we're going to talk about a couple that might not be in the running for top three, but I have some big lists. But like, if I'm looking at the, the eight, I really think I see being able to battle for that top three spot. We got Honest, I might say these, some of these names are Honest Onbar, Evan Judas, Gage Carrion, Kevin Wynn, Andres Ramos, Evan Orlandi, Lewis Arnold, and the Swolfesser Marcellus Williams. Yeah. Yeah, those, I mean, you got, I mean, they're all above, I believe, a 95 Wilk score, and there's some people that are just about there as far as 95 uh, Goodlift score as well. So there's, yeah, I would say those are the contenders over there, and there's just some really interesting names outside of that. Like, uh, Santiago Ramirez is one because he is a ridiculous deadlift, and um, do you remember Tony Nien? Yeah, I do. Is, is he the guy that went to Midland? Yeah, so, like, you remember that, like, the hype around that guy was so strong for such a long time, and I, I don't know since, like, I don't know if it's injuries, I don't know if it's another uh, reason why that, you know, we haven't seen as much as it, but maybe, I don't know, maybe because it's not a Midland meets, it's not something that he has to do, it's something that he signed up for, we might see something out of him at this meet, hopefully, maybe he's, uh, and also just not posting a lot like he used to. Maybe uh, this is going to be the meet where he kind of pushes the envelope a little bit there. So, uh, so interesting lifter there. Uh, yeah, it's um, yeah, we we got some we got some uh, some really interesting matchups here. So, how do you want to do this? No, I'll, I'll throw out one. I'll okay. throw out one more that we're probably not going to talk a ton about. Um, that is still it's a it's it's a name that a lot of people have been around will recognize. It's Sawyer Yandel. Um, I think he's actually a little bit before your time. I mean, he was one of the top junior lifters. I think he won. I might be wrong. I think he won junior or sub junior worlds. Um, and then he hit the injury bug hard. I know he had knee surgery. He had like patellar replacement surgery or something crazy like that. Um, and I know I don't, I don't, as far as I know, he's not back at full strength from what his numbers were back in 2018, but it's really cool to see him competing again. It, it's, I mean, it's, it's been three plus years since he's competed. Um, so it's really cool to see him back at it. So, uh, but yeah, I, I, I say we just, I'm just going to go top down. Um, I don't think these are, these aren't in any particular order. There's the order we have on here, but first off we got honest Ambar. Mm-hmm. Um, he really broke out at the Texas strength classic. That was kind of his coming out party. I mean, I, I knew who he was um, just because of him being a notable coach. He used to, I, I don't know if he's still coached by Brad Couillard, but I know he was. And that's kind of how I knew about him. Since I'm coached by Brad. Um, but he came out to Texas Strength Classic, had a huge meet, a 1521 total at 74 kilo, 101 good lift score. And his numbers in the gym are looking like he's going to easily add upon that. Mm-hmm. Um, he hit a 518 squat, 7 to 8 RPE, like super easy recently. Um, 595 deadlift, pretty easy. 402 bench at 9 RPE. And literally last block, he kind of did like an SPD day, I think. And he hit 545, 424, and 606, which would already be like a 50-pound PR total. So um, he looks primed to do like creep decently close to that upper 1500s to low, like perfect meet, maybe right the dot on the 1600 mark, which puts him, I, I mean, he's going to be one of my favorites when we come back around to be top three. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Uh, he's always been known for his bench press, huge, huge bench for a seventy-four kilo. And yeah, I was that's that's how I got a uh, introduction to Anas is from the uh, Texas Strength Classic, and very impressed with his performance there. 
Uh, also love the uh, team ass, uh, team ass, uh, team name that he has got going. That's I'm always I'm always gonna be a fan for super immature jokes, but. Yeah, I'm actually very excited to meet Team Ass in person, too. It's going to be really fun to see that. Uh, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward. I completely agree with you on the fact that he can definitely jump into a... I, I think he would be a favorite within that third, uh, one, two, three range. I wouldn't be surprised if he won at all, because I think he's going to take a big, big, big jump on that good lift score. And I think... Um, I don't know. Actually, let me ask you right now, as we do this, what would you think? What would you think the number you need to win males on good list score would be? One hundred five plus. That's what I was gonna say. I was gonna say one hundred six to one hundred seven range. I've, I've got three guys at one hundred five plus. Um, Honest being one of them. I have him at one hundred five point two three. His, his numbers I'm projecting five forty five, four eighteen, six fifteen for a fifteen seventy eight total. One hundred five point two three. Now, this is, again, all of our projections are assuming people go nine for nine. Yeah. I think he's uh, – if, if there's someone in this group that I think that we're going to talk about probably the, the top people like really battling for top three um, that are like the favorites, I think he's probably the one I'm going to pick most likely to go nine for nine, um, which I'm pretty confident he can go about 105. So that's why I think – I think it's going to – you're going to need about a 105 good list score to win. It could go up to 107. I'm actually going to jump one person to talk about – who likely is going to be the favorite coming to this meet, but he's had a little issue hitting lifts. Mm-hmm. If he hit his, if he hits his lifts, he could be possibly top three at nationals, top four at nationals this year. Yeah, is Gage Carry on? Yep. You, you have a little relationship with him. Yes, you know him a little bit. Yes, best friend Gage Carry on. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I've been always critical of Gage uh, not being able to hit lifts on the platform. Uh, his last meet that he did, he did go eight for nine. I think right now, if you just get someone to tell him good lift selections and good lift attempts, he will be able to hit some really good numbers. I think that was a problem at Raw Nationals when he went four for nine was he just had shit attempt selection. Um, and a, like uh, some of it could be put on him, but a lot of that could be put on his coach at the time and his handler at the time, which... Yeah, I when I looked at the attempt selection, it just didn't make any sense to me. The meet that he did right after Raw Nationals, it was just, it was nothing of like his ability. It was just smarter attempt selections, and it was a really good meet for from him. So going forward, hasn't competed since 2019. Uh, I do know this, just training with him a few times. He's hurting a little bit. He's been hurting for a bit now, as far as just like just some reoccurring injuries have been happening. Uh, but is it on, is it on squat? Yes. Okay, that's what I thought. Because looking at his list, squat seemed like the one that wasn't quite where it has been. Where bench and deadlift, I mean, bench and deadlift look great. It looks like, I mean, deadlift, he's been routinely pulling some massive numbers. It looked like squat was where he probably was hurting a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, he also has coaching under Aiden Raider, uh, young Aiden Raider, uh, uh, two White Lights favorites. And. I think that's going to be good for him. I think that's going to be good as far as his training going forward, where I think Aiden's going to be able to keep him in that pocket. He's going to keep him um, on a leash a little bit and not get too wild going into the meet. And also when it comes to meet day, Aiden's going to put together a game plan that's just going to make him this, just the game plan that's going to make Gage take what's there for the day and some smart attempt selections. Uh, 
because that's what you get with some good coaching, and that's what Aiden is. Aiden is a young coach, but he's been around enough good coaches and good lifters to know what to do. You know, like in this scenario, I think the game plan for them should be take what's there and put together a good meet, a solid meet to build you into momentum. Because I even, I still think with Gage being either hurt or not feeling as uh, comfortable as he is on a squat, he is still a very good 74. He can still put together a total that is good that can propel him a little bit going forward into future meets. Uh, I actually think at Raw Nationals, because who who wasn't hurt in the 74s at Raw Nationals? I mean, Michael C. was hurt going into it. Pug, you know, took the weight cut from hell. I still think a hurt Gage Carrion could place top three at Raw Nationals this year. I don't think he's at Water Perk level, but I think he's on, like, he's on C and Pug level because of just the issues they have themselves. So just take what's there. If if you have to take a little dip on your squat and bench to, to you know make make a make a little gain on your deadlift, I know I, I would have no problems with that from uh, Gage and I think the goal should be go nine for nine, try to make attempt selections that you need to win this meet, and take that total, put it in the bank, and then see if you can make some more gains going forward into some uh, bigger meets. Yep, and I've got him so. Uh, if I'm looking at some of his recent lists, he hit a 573 squat at what I'd say is a 9 RPE, but at the same time, it's hard to judge him because every squat he's ever done looks like a 9 RPE. Yeah. Um, and so it, I think I think on a great day, he probably could match that 600. Uh, I think, I mean, he, he's easily squatting over six when he was healthy. So I think he could possibly match that 600. Bench, he benched 331 in May. So let's pull back a little bit since this comp standard to say 325. And then deadlift, it was a hard 700 in June. So say 685. I think that's decently conservative. I think he could, he could hit those numbers if he does. At 1610, 107.26. If he does that, I think he's untouchable. I don't think anyone else can touch him at 107. He's yeah. the only one with, I think, with that range. It's just, does he hit his lifts? And yeah. I mean, the one thing I worry about him, probably more than anything, he can't wear jorts on the platform. We're, we're, we're I don't try- know how that's going to affect him. We're trying to work on a jort singlet. We got to get like some okay. company making a jort singlet or a jean denim type of singlet because uh, that would help him a lot. Uh, you know what? I'm going I'm to reach out to Stoic. We've been coming up with new ideas. Like, hey, let's get a denim uh, jort-esque singlet and uh, let's, have, let's have Gage carry on as our new sponsor. Only if we make that singlet for him. Yeah. I'm all for that. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, so, I would buy. I would uh, buy. I would buy a okay, flannel. We're gonna come back around. He's obviously gonna be a favorite. Um, going back to the list, I might be saying this wrong. Evan Jadice. Um, yeah, I, I'm not exactly very strong guy. Yeah, not exactly sure how to pronounce it. Strong guy. The only thing he just competed. He just competed in June. Mm-hmm. So he's only gonna have like a month and a half turnaround. Looking at his training, I, I, I mean, he had a pretty good meet in June. He totaled 14, 60, 97.37 good lift score. I, I don't know. It's probably going to be hard to add to that. It looked like maybe a squat. He can add a tiny bit. His bench looked right about the same. and His deadlift made it look better. So I'm giving him maybe another, like, 15 pounds on that, which puts him around, like, 98.29. 
Um, it's probably going to be tough for him to make any big leaps off of that total. Um, and if he doesn't make big leaps, uh, it's not that he can't have a great meet for himself. I just, I just don't know if he'd be in the running for top three. Like, I, I don't think there's any like secret lifts like we might have with some of these other lifters that are, are going to come out of the woodworks and be able to jump some spots. We don't realize. Um, I think his cards are pretty much played and that he just competed. Um, and his, li- his lists were, I mean, I, forget, I can't remember um, how many hit, but um, I mean, I looked back at them. Uh, I believe the 501 was decently easy and the deadlift was decently easy. The bench was a bit of a grinder. So that's kind of where I got uh, a little bit of room if you want to be a little more aggressive with attempt, attempt selection. Yeah, he's one of the many 74s that are competing. And I, I've said this before, it's very hard to make big gains on your total when he just competed. Um, I mean, just circling back to like just for what I had to do Raw Nationals from the Alton Moyer meet, you know, just telling people like, hey, I'm not going to put 25 kilos onto my total. It's going to be very, very difficult to do that. Um, if we can get something of a fraction there, like a 15 to 20 kilo improvement, that'll be a fantastic, fantastic meet. And I think the same thing with him is if he puts on, you know, 10 to 15 kilos on this total, um, I don't know if he could really break into the top three, but uh, he will still have himself a good meet. And I don't know, with the, with the projected good lift score that we have, yeah, I would agree. 105 good lift score is probably what's going to be needed for you to win this meet. And I even think on that best day, he can't quite get there. But Spicy Cajun Fries is is a terrific lifter who can make himself some can make progress, have himself a great meet here. So, all right. Next up, we got Ken Wynn, um, coached by Mikey D, I believe. Um, he hasn't competed since last October, so it'll be a little bit interesting to kind of see the progress there. I believe he's a younger lifter. Um, he is definitely in the running too. I mean, he's coming in just 0.2 good lift points away from gauges total. Um, so he's, he's neck and neck. The only thing, I mean, maybe it's always hard to know kind of how things are going to translate to meet day. Um, I saw him hit, he hit a 341 bench double, like a nine RPE. And then the, the pauses were a bit short, but they weren't comp standard. Um, he doubled four, 529 at like an eight ish RPE on squat. And then he deadlifted 580 by three, at like an eight to nine. Those were all really solid. I, I just don't know if those like gave me like the, the hint that he was going to be like destroying his old numbers. It looked, it looked like more to me, like just based off of those and what we can see, he was going to be able to chip everything by about 10 to pounds it wasn't and that's going to be tough if, if gauge comes in at full strength but again he's going to be right there i mean i've got him at 570 345 and 650 for a 1565 total uh, that i mean i could even give him another 10 pounds on deadlift and say 660 and that pretty much ties him with honest like him and him and or anas um him and anas i think are going to be right around that 1575 and i think gauge is going to be around 1600 and it's going to be who makes lifts yeah, for um, sure. And who makes yeah. lifts? And does anyone leave the door open for the next four lifters we're going to talk about for some of the creep in the fourth? Because I think the winner's going to be 105 plus. I think if some of those top lifters slip with Anas, Gage, and Ken, I think the low end, maybe they, they total around like a 101 to a 102 good lift score on like a bad day. And we've got a couple of lifters who could sneak into that 101, 102 area. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, you know what? The thing with him is he's a solid competitor. He's just well put together. He's got great coaching under Mikey Pion, and he does a fantastic job on the platform. I, I remember his meet in October last year. One, because a lot of people thought it was me. Uh, he had the same haircut and uh, glass glasses slash headband combo that I use, and it was when we had to wear masks. So 
uh, yeah, it kind of, like, from a glance looked like me. So I got a lot of congratulatory uh, messages on my job at a meet that I didn't do. So thank you for that, Ken. Uh, but he's just a good competitor who's going to hit his lifts. So, yeah, like you said, when lifters when lifters are able to hit lifts like Anas can, like he can, if one of those guys, like Gage, misses his lifts, that's that's where that's where Ken becomes dangerous. And he can win. Same thing with Anas. If Anas wins, it would not surprise me, and Ken is another guy. If he wins this meet, it would not surprise me at all. We'll come back around and debate that one a little bit more because I, 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 I could I, I have who I thought and I'm, I'm now debating what I put down at first. We'll kind of see we'll see what we got. So next four lifters starting off. Um, these are the ones that I mean, like I said, uh, Evan I think is probably going to be uh, he's going to have a tough route to kind of sneak into that third spot. But someone who we haven't talked about and haven't seen in a while is Andres Ramos. Yes. And he is definitely someone, if he brings some of the lifts he's hit in the gym over the last year or so to the meet, he very well could sneak in. Um, he, I, he was a, uh, a perennial top three competitor in the 66-kilo class at Raw Nationals. Um, and this is his first meet back since 2019 Raw Nats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when um, actually within the – there was a certain time frame too where he just looked dangerous. Like, his lifts were just looking so, so good, and it looked like, you know, the 66 kilos, they were incredibly competitive this year. It looked like he was going to be in the guy that was going to be thrown into the mix. Um, I I don't know, maybe if, if you have more information, don't know, like, what happened since. I know, like, COVID happened to all of us, so a lot of people don't have a meet to register since 2019 because there was very little meets to do, but... Um, I'm happy to see him on the platform, and I, I like the, the the capabilities are there. Like he he could be a guy to sneak into that top three spot. It's going to be hard with the 74s competing this time, though. Yep. Um, so yeah, I don't know if anything between 2019 to now kind of happened. I know uh, just reading captions and looking at recent training, he had squatted 585 some point at last, at last summer, which is mm-hmm. huge. That's a huge squat. I, I don't. I mean, unless. I'm just reading this wrong uh, with my interpretation or kind of prediction. He just recently squatted 529. I'd probably say like an eight RPE. So I, I don't know if I, if I saw 585 from that. So I don't, I don't know if, if he's at the same strength level he was then, but I might be wrong there. Um, he hasn't posted much deadlifting. So it's been kind of hard to read, but he hit 528 for a single around like a seven to eight RPE in February. Um, and then recently benched 275 by two at an eight. So I've got him. I, I mean, his his past numbers: five fifty one, two ninety seven, five twenty nine. I think he could probably go five sixty five, three hundred eight, five forty five, and that's a fourteen eighteen total, one hundred point six three good lift score. And like, I, I think with him, like a lot of times, a lot of these projections were projecting pretty high. I would say that's a conservative projection, just because I just haven't seen much from him. It, it wouldn't shock me, uh, uh, probably more than anyone, wouldn't shock me to see him come in and do something just nasty. And then get a 103 something good lift score and like a 1450 plus total and sneak into the top three. He, he he's been in these battles as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Knows how to compete. Knows what he's doing uh, on the platform. Um, yeah, I mean he's I I, I think like uh, he's been posting more cigars and cerveza videos than he is deadlifting videos. So I can't really tell where his training is, but I do know that he's smoking cigars and drinking beer, which. 
That's a plus it in my book. It works for some people. Yeah, it works for yes, some that's people. That's your secret sauce. Yeah. So that and the squat plug. Yep, squat plug, cigars, and beer. That's what Angelo yep. does. So uh, yeah, uh, Andres. Uh, very excited to see him compete. It's been a long time coming. Last time we saw him was in Lombard, Illinois, in 2019 at Raw Nationals. All right, now we have our next competitor, um, Evan Orlandi, which I think uh, he's you and I's dark horse. Yep. Yeah, he's my dark horse. I mean, I mean, I don't know much about him until I started looking him up. Um, 2019, he was competing at 183. He put up a 1433 total. Last December, he moved up, and he's moved the weight class to 93 kilo. He added 180 pounds to his total. Mm-hmm. He's only 20 years old. Yep. So this guy seemingly is riding this wave of newbie gains and this wave of the weight gain up into the weight class, and his lifts look like they're going to they're continuing to go up. Um, he hit 545 on squat at his last meet last December. Um, and he just recently squatted 573 at like an eight to nine RPE. Um, I mean, he's obviously gaining strength. It was a bit harder to gauge his bench, um, and his deadlift. It looked like his bench, he'd make a little bit of progress on and then deadlift. That was always tough because some people tend to really, uh, be masked in training with their deadlift and they get a huge, like Brandon Petrie. Um, we really under, I, I really undershot his deadlift and projections and he had a massive peak over what he was doing in training. Um, it looked like Evan took a shot at seven 11 and failed it. Um, I think probably with the taper that's there. So like that gives him, I mean, I had him at another like 50 to 60 pound PR total, but just because of his and this rapid progression, I, I mean, I wouldn't, if he came in total 1700 plus, it wouldn't shock me. And if he goes 1700 plus at 93 kilo, that would put him in a real spot to contend up in that top three. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've seen. I think this was a conversation um, that was had a while ago. I think uh, our boy Kyle Miller coaches him, from my understanding, and we were talking about just the progress he made immediately after going up a weight class and seeing his lifts kind of blow up. And I I think I think the room there is still it, it it's there's so much room to grow from that even with his um with his uh, sixteen fourteen total. And yeah, I, I would agree with you that, uh, a great meet that he can put in 1700 can get him a, uh, a position within the top three. And I'm confident in him. I, I've seen, I've seen his progression for a long time too. There's nothing that's telling me he can't do it. Um, I, because I, I remember as soon as he started making these, these great gains, Kyle, uh, shared his, his profile to a group chat. And I followed him right at that point, and since he's only been a solid lifter, it's only been solid progression. So, uh, yeah, I have I have high hopes for him. Um, I've actually got to see him train uh, only one time at Project Strength, and I'm 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 assuming I'm going to see him train a whole lot more. And he looks good. His bench looked pretty damn good too. Well, he was a three fifty eight he hit when I was there. I got to check actually. I think I was uh, I think I was actually even spotting him on that one. Was it? It was three sixty four. It was three sixty four. He hit comp standard. Uh, we gave him the commands. Someone walked right in the front of his video. I'm watching it right now. So, so yeah, uh, yeah. He he is a well pulled together solid lifter. Yeah, and at minimum, he's got a shot at top three. But at minimum, we're gonna have a battle between Evan and our next guy, Lewis Arnold, in the ninety mm-hmm. threes. Because yeah. 
they're stacked right on top of each other. Lewis has about 30 pounds based off a nominated total coming in, but based off of Evan's kind of uh, rapid progression, it's going to be really tight. Lewis has added some good uh, numbers to his lift. So too, like his best squat in a meets 595 and he just hit 605 for a double with like a rep or two left in the tank. Like he's looking really good. I think both and Evan, I think one of the, I'll, I'll make this prediction. Either him or Evan are going 1700 plus of this meet at 93. One of them will do it. Um, oh, yeah. Just depending on who hits more or less. Cause they both have the chance to do it. And if you go 1700 plus, it's going to be around a one Oh one to one Oh two good lift score. Um, I personally got, I mean, for, for Lewis, he, like I said, he squatted that 605 for two. He hit 693 on dead. It's pretty hard, like nine and nine and a half RPE. And then he, he doubled 363, which is pretty close to his meet PR on bench um, at, at pretty close to nine to a 10 RPE. So I, I got him around like 620, 625, 370 to 375 and around 700 deadlifts. So that, that's right around 1700 total. So uh, him and Evan are going to be neck and neck there. So even if, they don't end up battling for that top three spot. There's going to be a nice little battle for that 93 kilo title. Um, as well as we're not going to talk fully about him, but you already mentioned Santiago Ramirez is going to be in there too. I, I think Santiago is probably going to be a little bit behind on total, but he's probably going to have the biggest pull to meet. He already had what the junior record at 93 for like two hours. No, so he, had, he actually had an 83. He had an 83 for like an hour. Oh, and I think so he's moving up a weight class now. Well, yeah, that would be interesting. I wonder if he's going to, if there's been, if, I, I don't, it, do you know much about if there's been any significant progression with Santiago's training? Um, well, the thing with Santiago, yeah, like there's always some progression there. Um, and really looking at the 93s, I guess it's a 74 or 93 kilo show just in weight classes at this meet because that's uh, you're going to see some battles between those p- people. But Santiago competes a lot. Like he, he competed at the Texas Strength Classic. He competed at Collegiate Nationals. He's competing now. Um, he competes a lot. I think that's that's going to have an effect on him going forward. Uh, but he... He is a good lifter. He has a back it up, and he does have that final pull to really dictate things. Also, he took the funniest third attempt I've ever seen at Texas Strength Classic, where I think he missed seven eleven, and then he jumped to seven thirty eight. And I I know Santiago, so I had to mess the matches. I'm like, okay, what was the rationale behind doing doing that? Because it made no sense to me. He's like. Uh, I missed seven eleven. I thought might as well just do seven thirty eight. All right, I guess. I guess. Uh, I guess that's a that is a that is a philosophy that I can't argue against because he didn't say like, oh, I thought it would work. He's like, I just didn't give a shit, so I just did it because I wanted to do it. So, um, yeah, he's going to be an interesting person to watch. But I do think the the front runner there, Evan and uh, Lewis, uh, going in going to be very excited to see just how they're able to to um how how they're able to kind of put together their gym lifts together because these are these are good things about these primetime meets is or these uh, local primetime meets where you don't see both these guys a whole lot right you don't see them at these you don't see them on instagram as much you don't see them on uh king of lifts as much you don't see them on these things but they're two very solid lifters who are going to have a great time competing against one another and possibly jumping into a top three spot, and you're actually going to have a nice little spotlight and feature on them during that primetime meet where you're going to be entertained by it. So, And also just what they can do, because who knows? If, if Evan could jump onto a 1,700-pound total, shit, you know, people people take note of that. It could be the coming out party. We can, get, we can be able to see the makings of a very good 
top five lifter, and this is the meat you're going to see it at. That's why these primetime meets are cool. So I'm very excited for that. Yep. And then to round it off, I honestly, I don't really want to talk about him since he's someone the show dislikes greatly and yeah. we're not really great friends with him. And he big, constantly big. is Bob's is Marcellus. I mean, he'll probably have a good meet, but who cares? <laughs> yeah. I mean, during our March Madness, we pretty much, you know, uh, just just uh, wiped out all of his lifters aside from Ashton Roska. But, uh, yeah, I love Marcellus. I can't, even, I can't even keep the charade on for a long time. What if he just closed out of two white lights as soon as we said that? <laughs> he just like, fuck the, fuck these guys. I'm so I'm so I'm so regretful that I actually helped him in the first place. And then we just burn a bridge, and he doesn't listen to all the nice things we're about to say about him. I'll be on you, Steve, well, and I'll get blamed for it. Even, he, he, yeah, you'll get blamed for what I said, so yeah. we'll find out. But yeah, I mean, Marcellus, I, dude, kudos to him. I mean, I'm a I'm a powerlifting coach. I do this two white light stuff. A lot of times, the last thing I want to do is train. Like, I, 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 we don't talk about it much on here, but I, I don't compete in powerlifting anymore. I mean, I, I competed in strength sports for a while. I've done a lot of, I've done multiple strongman competitions. Um, I've done uh, multiple powerlifting meets, but I, I don't compete anymore. I don't know how I would. This dude doesn't let his busy schedule and his meet travel and all the stuff he does be any excuse, and he just continues to progress. Every single meet, he's getting better. Um, and I mean, it, it's, he for sure should have PRs all around the table at this meet. Cause his lifts are absolutely going phenomenal. I think his best squat in the meets 501, he just crushed 523, like easily had more in the tank. I, I, I think I'd probably expect him to be around like 530. Cause I think he'll probably leave a little in the tank and save it for deadlift. Um, and I know he usually gets a pretty good peak out of his deadlift. So I, I might even be undershooting him here. He gets 622 in the gym for a PR. I've got him at 628. I think he probably might even get more out of a taper, but I'll just be concerned on that end. And then like a 375 bench. I think historically he's pretty much hit what he hits in the gym um, in the meat. So that puts him at a 50, 1533 total, another like 50-something pound PR over his best. Um, and he still has I, – I don't know what his weight's going to be, but he still has yet to fill out that 83-kilo class. Like, that dude is jacked. Like, he looks like he should be a 93 lifter, and the dude's coming in like sub-180 um, into this 83 kilos. Yeah, you know what Marcellus is? He's um, what Candido described as just a lifelong lifter. You know, just a person who doesn't need powerlifting in order to be in the gym. And that's, what I, that's why I think Marcellus is able to coach – and competes because he is a lifter. That's what he does. He lifts he lifts weights for different reasons. And this is all just an assumption, but you know, he's jacked, he's aesthetically pleasing, he puts on a lot of muscle. So you're able to do powerlifting if you're if you're staying in shape. And that's what he does. He just he's lives a healthy lifestyle. He's a healthy dude and and he's a smart dude. He knows what he's doing. And that's, like, someone you should really emulate in powerlifting. It's someone like that. Like, you know, he isn't in the 83-kilo weight class. He isn't in the top 10. He isn't in the top 20. But he's someone who gives back to the sport but still also does the sport. Like, there's such a level of respect I have for those types of people um, who, who are able to do that and also kind of just promote health just in general. Like that, I think that gets lost a lot in powerlifting, like health. We don't, yeah. we don't do a great health job. Well, of that I mean, a lot we'll, of just, we'll just go by his monikers. How to describe Marcellus? Health and wellness, and then simple, specific, and scientific. Yeah, 
Yeah. And, you know, this is going to be... I, I haven't seen him on the platform in a really long time. Yeah, it's been since... Because he doesn't compete super frequently, because yeah. obviously he does... I don't think he really cares about doing nationals anymore, maybe. I might be wrong on that, but I think he cares more. I mean, obviously with nationals, he's going to have a lot of competitors. He'd rather just take care of them. So, um, I know even he, he was going to do the Arnold last year and, and didn't do it just, again, because of competitors. So, he has... He competed earlier this year in January, but I, I've got him around a 15-33 total. That, I mean, if he really can have, like, a perfect day, that'll kind of push into that, like, 100... Now, it also depends on his body weight. I don't know how much... He was 170.6 the last time he competed. His good lift score is going to kind of be dependent on kind of where he's, his body weight is going to go from there. So he, he could be around that 100 range, depending on his body weight. That's going to be tough, probably, for him to jump in that top three. But in the sense of the 83s, though, I think he could break home the 83 crown. Him versus Ernesto Lamone is going to be a good little battle. They're probably going to be pretty neck and neck. Um, so that'll be interesting, the 83s, but I, I think Marcel's but probably is outside shot looking in, but he probably needs some other people to slip up to get in that top three, I think. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, you know, that, uh, I guess that, that would round out the sort of contenders list, uh, for, um, the, the men's side. Uh, I know we got some interesting things like, uh, Marcus Galindo. He is, I, I see him trying to serve. I think he's 15 years old. So that's going to be cool to see, uh, you know, a 15-year-old compete and actually do it well. Like, he's a 15-year-old who actually knows how to lift, which is which is always good. That means the future is bright. Um, probably the strongest competitor as far as totals goes, Josh Longoria. Uh, that we, we'll be seeing the biggest weights being lifted from him. But, uh, yeah, so do you want to do our predictions now for the men? Yeah, let's do them now. We all talked right. about us. Let's go through it. I, th- I think we probably have the same top three, so it depends. It, it's it's all about what order we go in. Yeah. Ooh, it's hard though, because there is a little there is a little emotional connection here because I don't know what I should do with Gage. This is where I want to beat you in a prediction, but I also want to find a way to motivate Gage. So I don't know if I take him to win, that would motivate him. Or if I take him to take second, that would motivate him. I, I'm, I'm having a hard time here, you know, figuring out which one uh, to pick here in order to help my boy out. But um, uh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna stand where, with my original comment. I think even Gage not feeling a hundred percent on a certain lift or a few lifts, if he puts together a nine for nine meet, he can win this meet. He can win it because that's how good his just baseline strength is. Where I think Anas and Ken are on a good progression, but I think just the, the secret sauce to Gage is picking the right attempts and hitting them. I think that was a problem. He's going to have a lot. He most likely is going to have the last pull. Yeah. Yeah. He's going he's gonna to have the chance to pull for the win. Yeah. So, so you're taking Gage first? I'm going to take Gage first. Don't say I don't do anything nice for right. you, Gage. Who you got second and third? Um, I like Anas Anbar uh, second. I'm very excited to see what he can do. Um, a guy who, like what you said, solid lifter who makes the right attempt selections, who hits the lifts, who's made good progression in the gym. It's going to be a battle with my third place guy, which is Ken. I, I oh, Man, because I can really see Evan jumping into that top three spot. But Anas and Ken, I'm I'm gonna have to be biased or seventy fours, I guess, on this one. I have a, I have an all seventy four top three. That's a, that was exactly what I had coming in, into this. 
and now I've debated it, and now I feel like I have to change it just so we don't have the same thing. Okay. But I don't know. Like I could literally flip this any way, and I'd be ha- I'd probably be happy with my prediction. <sighs> Should I get crazy? Yeah, do it. Okay, do if it. You don't motivate Gage. Maybe I will. Okay. I am going. Anas first. Oh. I just like the trajectory of his training. I thought you said we were going to get crazy. We're going to pick Marcellus first. <laughs> that's oh, a, no. that, that's the type of crazy I thought you were getting at. <laughs> I mean, if he wants to slide in my DMs, I could change my projections here. But uh, that might be post. That's a kind of wiggle in there. No, I'm, I'm still going the same top three. I'm just changing the order. Oh, okay. I'm going to go Anas. Ken and then Gage. Oh wow! Mainly because here, here's what could happen. I think they are. I think they're going to be neck and neck, and I think Gage has the chance to pull for the win. But if he misses it, he's going to go from winning to third. Yeah. Yeah. That's that, that's likely what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That happens. Uh, I, I know later he's going to call you a punk pussy bitch when we release a, gra- a graphic for that. Those exact words. Like, yo, that, that Steve guy's a punk pussy bitch, man. <laughs> and I was on his good side, too. So yeah. I, maybe I should change it because I was on his good side. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't dislike me. No, he didn't. Like, he, you're, no, yeah, you're one of the few people he didn't I, I, hate I, in powerlifting. <laughs> you're picking him to hit the final deadlift. I'm going to say there's a chance he could miss it. And if he misses it, Anas takes it and then Kent. So I, I don't know. I'm going to stick with that just to have a little fun here. If I motivate Gage a little bit, so be it. Yeah, like I, said, I, I was thinking about jorts, doing that just simply jorts, to motivate Mike, Gage. If he had the jorts, mic drop, I'd pick him first, but he can't wear the jorts <laughs> and the meat, so I just don't know it's going to go. Yeah, I don't know. That would that would put a, be a factor there. So, all right. Well, we got our top threes. Interesting to see how that plays out. It's going to be, I guess, in our opinion, it's a 74-kilo battle, but... We'll be excited to see if anyone else breaks into the top three. Like what happened with Carolina Primetime. I think we were all kind of we were all kind of hit there for uh, some of the top fours, especially on the female side. But all right, for the females of this meet, um, the the roster is a bit low on the Primetime section for females. Uh, it's not nearly as much as the men, but still, even with that. The Goodlist scores are not only impressive, which they are, but they're also relatively close to one another. So I think there can be a true, true battle here with top three uh, between these lifters. Yeah. Uh, we for sure, the, the, the top three are neck and neck. So kind of going down the list, uh, kind of the, I would say outside looking in a little bit, um, we've got Bella Vargas. Which is equipped, and that's kind of interesting because since since good lift score doesn't is supposed to account for equipped versus raw, we can actually have equipped lifting within meat, and it transfers. Uh, her best meat is ninety three point two good lift score. Uh, it's kind of hard to be able to gauge uh, equipped lifting um, because what I'm looking at, like her Instagram, she's she's posting, but it's like two board bench presses. It's it's things that we can't tell exactly what she's going to hit. Um, the biggest thing I noticed is at her last meet, it definitely looked like something may have happened on dead because she, she took, I believe she took four thirteen for her second and third. So I, I, she didn't post it. This is at collegiate national. So I can't tell you what happened. And then she ended up missing it on her first and her second and taking on her third. So I have to think if that happened, she thought she had more than four thirteen in the tank. 
Mm-hmm. Um, something probably just technically happened. I mean, it's a quick lifting. A lot of weird things can happen with equips. So I think she can probably add a little bit to her deadlift, which could bring her probably like 20 pounds. That still puts her probably around like a 95 good lift score, like 94 to 95. Now, now if the get to that are looking at top three, slip up a little bit. I think is the main person that could slip in. Yeah. Um, I think she's got the best shot. Um, Brenda is the other one on the kind of the outside looking in. Um, she just, I mean, actually one of the things here, a lot of editors, other Ramirez all competed at collegiate nationals. So we have pretty, we have pretty good recency bias of what they've done. Um, Brenda recently in the gym, she hit 479 on squat, like an eight and a half. She deadlifted 436 at like an eight. And then she benched 220 at like an eight ish RPE, which is, uh, I mean, her, her best bench in the meets 214. So I think she's looking to add probably about 20 or 30 pounds her total, probably about the same as Bella, and it's going to put her around like a 94 good lift score. So, yeah, I, I think they're going to be right on the fringe. It just kind of depends on what the other ones do. But I, I don't know if you have much insight on Bella or Brenda that I don't, um, just kind of looking at their training. I mean, just looking at the training, I think to, I think you're getting some natural progression there, but I think just comparing it to the three ladies we're going to talk about soon, um, it's going to take a hell of a meet to, to, to beat them. That's just how, that's just how it is. It's, uh, I think even with a great meet um, – even, even with a great meet that surpasses the projections that we have, it's still going to be a little bit more difficult for them. Uh, but at the same time, Bella, I mean, we the, the person when I think about is equipped was uh, Gabby Martinez and our preview for Raw Nationals. And we just kind of, that kind of slipped on our radar because we were looking at her single ply numbers and her Raw numbers. They didn't really like match up very well, but Gabby Martinez was able to jump into a top five spot. So... Could be, it could be a. a Bella's competing equipped. Bella's competing equipped though. She's not competing raw. Oh, okay. okay. But the good lift score can carry over because it, it accounts for both. It doesn't bias and sense. She's competing equipped though, so she oh. is coming in in single ply. Oh, okay. All right, all right. So yeah, that would change it. So I mean, but I mean, I guess it still stands as far as it's like the progression that I see from her and um and Brenda Sanchez. It's like the pro- the progression is there. Think they're gonna have great meets just like if you're if you're predicting again to the top three it's gonna be very hard um for the uh, next lifters we're gonna talk about which um let's start let's start with frida frida de la pena lopez now yeah, i mean she's 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 coming to the highest nom lift score she she's she's in since the favorite based off of past meets frida is so we talk a lot about underrated, overrated on two white lights. She might very well be one of the most underrated female lifters in the USAPL. Because at Collegiate Nationals, we're talking about all these performances which definitely deserve the credit that, you know, they got in the in the you know, in the world of powerlifting and the culture of powerlifting. But she had about as good as meat as anyone, and she's been good for a little bit now. With her numbers, she's just on the She's just on the outside of her weight class and female lifters of really jumping into a strong position within her weight class. Um, very, very, very good lifter, very, uh, very strong lifter in 57 kilos. And really, I think I if I'm going to make a prediction, Frida is going to be a top five 57 kilo lifter in about a year and a half, two years. He is a great lifter who's made a lot of progress, a ridiculous deadlift, and a young lifter, too. Just a young lifter. 
And she's new to that 57 kilo class. Yeah. She was until the last two meets, she was competing at 63 kilos and she's come down to 57, but still made progress. Now it was incremental. It wasn't like she made some massive leap since then, but she's been adding about five ish kilos each meet she's done. I, I, it, it, she hasn't posted any training since collegiate nat, so it's hard. It's hard to get a basis, but I could see her coming in and adding another five kilos because it looks like she missed her second bench or third bench and her third deadlift, which that right there is about five to seven and a half kilos added. If she comes in and hits those and adds another like 15 pounds to her total, um, she's going to push right at that 100, 100 point good lift score. I think that's about right where she's at if she can hit all those lifts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think he has the, he definitely can do that. Um, she was, I mean, just to show you how good she was, she was very close to being on that female snub list of Raw Nationals. She was very, very close. I think she was uh, 16 or 17 out. So, again, great lifter. I'm very excited to see her compete. Uh, but a person who I think broke onto the scene during Collegiate Nationals was uh, Alicia Gardner, who, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show here when we're doing this preview, I think her and Cassie was going to be the main storyline going into this meet if Cassie was competing at it. Um, not the case anymore, but still, it's going to be in a situation where she has to have a great meet to win. But I think she ha- she, I, I think Alicia has the higher upside here because of what she did at Collegiate Nationals and what she's capable of doing, which is a, again, we're talking about 69 kilos. I just talked about Frida being a potential, you know, big top 10 competitor or top five competitor 57 in a few years. I think Laisha, based on what we see from the 69s, when Raw Nationals rolls around next year, she is going to be in the mix for top three. Yeah, and as her total is coming from when she competed as a 63-kilo lifter. She's mm-hmm. going up in weight. She just, So she weighed in at 136 at Collegiate Nats. She just posted recently on Instagram she weighs 65 kilos, so 143 pounds. So she's gaining weight into this meet she's she's going to be experiencing the ability to one not have to cut um and then two being able to hopefully make this 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 weight class progression leading into the meet and it seems like she's doing it uh i mean her best squats 341 in a meet and she hit 336 for three in the gym her best deadlift is 407 she doubled 402 pretty easily and then her best bench is 220 and then she hit that for a double like an eight rpe and then she benched 231. So the, the, the weight gain is obviously benefiting her. I, I could see her adding another 30 to 40 pounds to her, her total. The only thing that's going to hurt her is she is going to be adding to her total, but does that add as much to her good lift score? And kind of when I'm adding to this total and accounting for, for her now weighing 65 kilos, it, it's only bumping up her good lift score by a tiny bit. And that's kind of what's maybe hurting her a little bit within this battle is that she's going to be getting incredibly strong, but I don't know if that's going to quite take transfer over yet when it comes to a good lift score battle. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. I, I don't know with that. Cause I think I'm more certain that she can hit her lifts, you know, and actually peak well into something where I, so I see a lot of people who fly over their weight class is they hit something less than we see in the gym where people who fly under the weight class, they hit more than what we see in the gym. So I don't know. I think maybe it could yield just a better total from her. Yeah, I, I've got her around that like 98 to 99 good lift score on a great day, which like you said, that, that would she'd be very, very likely to come in nine for nine because she's going to be coming, 
coming in eating. We wouldn't expect any weird variables with a weight cut or anything like that. So I see her at 98 to 99. I, I, I think, well, we'll get to Leanne in a second. At least my predictions, I have her right now in third. But I, I, if, some, if you wanted to make the argument, she's more likely to hit her lifts. And so like the top end strength, we're going to argue for the other two women and Leanne and um, the top end might not happen because they might miss a couple. Laisha could easily come in and win this whole thing just based off of made lifts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's another thing too. Is just a person who can. I I would be the most confident in her going nine for nine. So I can't argue that for sure. Yeah, but all right. Well, let's so, let's let's run that out with Leanne then. Leanne Ramirez has been a, again a good lifter for a while. Last meet was Raw Nationals uh, twenty nineteen uh, ninety three good lift score. But again, we've seen it with Raw Nationals this year. Where you haven't competed in two years, the the level of progress is going to surprise a lot of people because that's what they see when they go on USAPL database, when they go to Open IPF, when they go to Open Powerlifting, they see you know what the last thing this person has done, and the last per- thing that they've done was in 2019. So going forward, her gym lifts have been looking really, really good. And it's not one of those lifters who's a who's a, who's known for being a gym lifter. A coach very well understands what she needs to do in order to be a good competitor. And yeah, I think she can definitely. Um, I, I could see I could see some massive massive progress there from ninety three. Yeah, again, don't would, wouldn't be surprised if she ended up winning this meet. Yeah, and she. So she's young. She was 18 when she competed in 2019 at Raw Nats. She's a two-time IPF world champion, so she is there. This is this is not new to her to be in a battle. Based on her training, she has made significant progress. I I, I it, it wouldn't surprise me at all if we see her go 80 to 100 pounds over her total that she hit at Raw Nationals in 2019. She hit a 1080 total in 2019. I, I have her around like 1160 to 1170. I mean. Her best deadlift was 407, and she hit 446 in the gym. Her best squat's 391, and she just hit 407 pretty darn easy. And her best bench is 281 and 292 for a double um, with more in the tank. Like, her training is looking way over what she did at her last meet. So I've got – she's the only person based off of projections that I've got going over 100 deadlift score. Um, she's my favorite. I mean, I'll just say it right now because we're we, we already covered oh. all of them. She's going to be the person I'm picking as my favorite to win. All right, I just think her training is looking phenomenal. Yeah. All right. Well, that would that would all right. So if we're going to the top three right now, we will definitely be. Um, I, I we would have a pretty interesting one because you have her number one. I am battling right now between uh, Frida and Laisha. That one's tough for me. Um, Frida, we don't have a ton to go off of based on, you know, just her Instagram. I don't know exactly what's going on with her. Uh, Alicia posted a little bit more, so I think I have a better scouting on that, but, ooh, very hard. Um, all right, I'm going to go with Frida winning, Alicia second, and Leanne third. Okay. I am going... Okay, I'm for sure going Leanne first. I've been flip-flopping between Laisha and Frida for second and third. They're, that's going to be super close. I mean, they're they're all stacked on each other, so we're just beating a dead horse. We say this all the time. It's whoever makes the most lifts. 
Um, going Leanne first. I'm going Frida second, Leisha third. All right. Well, yeah, that's uh, that's a very different list. So I guess uh, if we're doing um, if we're doing well, we uh, points again, flip flopped. We literally did the exact same thing backwards from what we did with the men. Because you picked Gage first, I picked him. I just flipped him third and brought the other two up. I picked Leanne first. You put her third and put the other two up. So it'll, it'll be fun. We'll, we'll see yeah. what the bronze versus the oracle does. Yeah, the the uh, the funny thing is at Raw Nationals when uh, people would uh, just see us and then like they wouldn't be 100% sure on who picked who to be better. I don't think you got – I think you're getting – I think you're finally getting a little bit of the heat of the things that you say on Two White Lights because Brandon, you know, Brandon was uh, was was gassing himself up a little bit based on what you said on Two White Lights. So he made that a point to me uh, and when I was at Carolina Primetime. But then at Raw Nationals, uh, Keona Peak and uh, K-Webb, uh, they, they, you know, looked at me side-eyed like, yo, what the fuck? I definitely, I definitely proved you wrong this weekend. And um, – uh, Jennifer McMillan, too. She she looked at me and was like, "Wait, are you the one that I like, or is Steve?" I'm like, "Steve's the one that you." Like. <laughs> so so this could this could happen with this could happen with Leanne. Yeah, yeah. The left front goes. I'm ready to take a little bit of heat. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to get as much heat because I'm pretty quiet on Instagram. Yeah, but I'll take some heat here. I say some things here. We're making predictions. We're we're. I mean, none of us, I don't think either of us are, of us are ever going to be Skip Bayless, but um, we make predictions. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. we do. I mean, that does it. I mean, it's going to be a good meet. We, we definitely, I mean, not we have some phenomenal lifters, but, I mean, the top three is going to be a legit battle, which is exactly what we want. That's the whole point of this whole primetime meet at a local setting is we will have last pulls in both scenarios. Based on what it looks like, Leanne's going to have the last pull on the women's side, Gage is going to have the last pull on the men's side. I think um, if Leanne hits her third deadlift and Gage hits his third deadlift, they win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I agree. It's going to be very fun to watch. I am very, very excited to attend this, and we are going to be commentating. Uh, there are two white lights that are going to be commentating the meets. Uh, we're going to be able to see all these lifters live in action. So very excited for that. Now um, it looks like the USAPL – is going to be at IPF Worlds. So one, we were wrong. We were saying we were being pessimistic on if that happens or not. I'm I'm not saying we're wrong quite yet. I mean, we had the Arnold, and then they said doesn't count. Ah, that would be so. I'm not. There might be a war in yet. Sweden if that happens. I I am less pessimistic, but I'm not saying we're out of the woods yet. If if they were willing to disqualify all our lifters from the Arnold after it was approved. I'm not saying we're out of the woods quite yet, but hopefully we we are. Yeah. We are. I'm just going to be – I'm still going to be a little bit on the pessimistic side that I'm not going to say we're all good yet. And we're, when we're wrong, I'll say we're wrong, but not quite yet. Whew, that would be – that would legit start a world war if uh, if it turned out into a – if it if it turned out to a Arnold situation, but if it was IPF Worlds. Like, are you saying we, they might disqualify totals or – Disqualify totals from the I don't meet know. afterwards? I don't know. I, I'm just saying, like, I, I, I don't I, – who knows what they're going to do if they'll do that to the Arnold and they're still being really fishy with our communication? Like, do we get there and then they well, let us compete and then they say, 
oh, your, your total doesn't count because your federation's not in good standing. Yeah, well, speaking of... I don't know. Yes. Like, is, that po- is that possible? Yeah, well, speaking of communication, and, that's something the IPF needs to work on because uh, apparently, according to them, Japanese people are inferior at a certain weight class. Yeah, that, that, that was an interesting choice of words there. <laughs> Who would have thought when they made that International Women's uh, Day post... That would be the second worst thing the IPF posted within 2021. Yeah, I don't know. They're, they're, they're special. Tra- translation so. didn't really match up there. but uh, it. So the nominations oh, no, have been accepted, so that's good. Yep. So we'll go through it real quick. Uh, we're, obviously, we're going to do a preview show when it gets closer and whatnot, but let's just look at who's nominated for the Open Division and who we got going. So 59 Kilo, we got a fellow game day barbell athlete, Shaheed Bryant is nominated in the 59 kilo. He's, he's got a tough order with Sergei Fedosyanko, the GOAT of 59. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure Shahid's going to bring the heat. At 66 kilo, we got Daniel Clements. Um, at 74, we're missing someone. Yep. The, I, 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 we, I don't think we've heard. I mean, I, I think the nominations are done. Like, I don't think if Taylor's not on here, Taylor's not going. And, and I don't know. I, I kind of, we talked about this before the episode. I, I kind of took it from based on what he was saying in, in the interview you had with him that it, he probably wasn't super interested in IPF world. It sounds like one, like why go and just win by a hundred kilos um, when he's, it's going to be a joke for him. And then two, it seemed like he kind of just wanted a little bit of a break. Um, yeah. He's got a busy life. He's got a lot to do outside of power. It sounded like he wanted a little bit of a break. He's obviously signed up for the December meet. Didn't sound like he's coming. He's not on the nominations list. I think, think these are final i may be wrong by the way I know would, by august for sure they're final by the way would be the biggest curveball ever from taylor atwood to me because on two white lights he said he really wasn't interested in the virginia pro invitational and then he signed up for that and might not do worlds instead so i was like all right you just you just okie doke the fuck out of me on that one a eh, taylor but uh yeah it looks like i mean that looks like the case um, he's not on the nominations list. It does make sense in that regard because, like you said, very short turnaround for him for a meet that he's going to win if he just puts in his openers. Um, where the Virginia Pro Invitational brings a totally different element of competition for Taylor Atwood. He will be going up against Ashton Ruska, Amanda Lawrence, Heather Connor, and that's never that's something he's never done in his career before. None of us have ever done because it's one of a kind. So I would understand why, and then that, that kind of again, this this is this is factual here. Now, the world champion at seventy four, if Taylor Atwood doesn't compete at it, it's going to be a token, and they know it. But they're going to call themselves a world champion. This is what we meant by if certain lifters from the USAPL doesn't go to the IP, or doesn't go to IPF Worlds, it loses its luster, and yep. that would exactly. The, whoever the world champion is going to be at 74 this year, they're going to be a good lifter, but goddamn, you're not Taylor Atwood. That's the same for the next one because Russ is going, but if Russ doesn't show up, he's out totaling second place by 60 something kilos. Like I think the top five at raw Nats could all win 83s at worlds. Yeah. You'd be world champion if you could go. Yeah. So we got Russ at 83. That scene, uh, he's, uh, it, well, he was in the episode, it kind of sounds like he's kind of almost treating this like a local meet. Like, there's not much pressure on him. He kind of knows he's going to walk in, hit his opener, so he can kind of have fun, which 
sometimes that means you have your best meet. Yeah, you exactly. Kind of treat it without so much pressure. So yeah. that'll be interesting to see what he can put together. 93, we've got Jonathan Keiko. He's going to come in as the heavy favorite, especially since Anatoly has moved up to 105, which that's probably going to be one of the best battles of uh, Raw Nat, or not of Raw Nats, of IPF Worlds, is at 105. We've got Ashton finally showing up to IPF Worlds, and we've got Anatoly moving up to 105. So that'll probably be one of the best battles. Ashton's definitely got him by a decent amount on nominations, but we'll see. Hopefully we have a little bit of a battle there. 120, we got Dennis coming in, and he's his nominated total is low because obviously Raw Nats was not a good meet for him. If he can put together what he wants to, he's probably going to have a pretty uh, a clear lead over second there. And then lastly on the men's side, we got Jesus Oliveras. Um, he's coming in well favored, but I know there's some he doesn't compete in Raw very often. The Andre Konovalov. From Russia, who's in a, who's like the quick world champion, um, that will be interesting. But we'll, yeah. we'll get more into that later. But we got Jesus coming in um, and the one twenty. So from the so, men's side, just comment on anything, guys. From the men's side, super early thing. What do you think is the most interesting battle within the weight classes there? Ashton versus Anatoly, and then I'm going to say the name wrong again, but Daniel Clements versus Panyutis. I just, now that I know how to pronounce his name, I'm just going to say it because I love I'm him I'm just so going to say the Panish. I'm sorry, dude. It's the Pana. He, he, his, his nickname I love, is Pana. I love him as a lifter. He's like, what? His nickname is Pana. Pana? Pana. Okay, I'm just going to call him Pana. You. That's easy. That's easy. Every, well, hold on. Literally everyone calls him Pana. That's his nickname. Okay. Pana. <laughs> that's going to be the other one. I think, I mean, Daniel... Obviously, he's only he's only up by like five or so kilos on nominations, but that's because he took that YOLO deadlift. I mean, he wasn't really like if he wanted to actually hit a deadlift, he'd probably be more on like fifteen or twenty kilos over in nominations. So I think Daniel's probably a pretty pretty big favorite. So I'm gonna go that battle, um, Anatoly versus Ashton, and then this supposed Russian versus Jesus. Yeah. If that I, I, I'm going based off of what I don't know much about it, but I just know he's obviously an equipped lifter coming over, so maybe that turns into a really good battle. Um, we'll see on that. Yeah, I would I would go the same way, which is kind of crazy. Sixty six kilos is going to be the I think the vocal point for for me watching a meet, which isn't always the case. But uh, Bonnie Utis versus uh, Daniel Clemens is going to be really really fun to watch. I'm very excited for that. All right, so how about the females? Okay, okay we got Heather Connor. Coming in at 47 kilo, heavy favorite. At 52, we got Andrea Riley. Um, she's going to be in a bit of a battle. That's going to be a really close one. I know she had kind of an underwhelming performance at Raw Nat, so she can bring what she's capable of. I think she's she's most likely going to be the favorite at 52. At 57, that's going to be really close. We got Brittany Sublicki, but first through fourth is only a 10 kilo difference on nominations. Brittany's 462. We know she was hurt, so she can come in healthy. That's going to be a set that, that I'm going to probably, yeah, we're going to get into two other weight classes. That's going to be a huge, the women's going to be, in my opinion, the women's side is going to be way more interesting to watch with battles than the men's side. Yeah. I was, we I talked would, about plenty on the men's side. I just straight up the U S kind of dominate. Some of them aren't even like fun battles. I mean, we just kind of take the cake on the women's side. There are some unbelievably strong women internationally. Um, and that's where there's going to be some really cool battles. Um, 63, we've got Sam Calhoun. She's going to, that's going to be a tough one for her though. Cause she's going to be going against Leah and Carolla. 
Um, and it's gonna, that's going to be a battle, but I, I, we're going to talk about that a little more, but Sam coming in, um, in her perennial IPF top three, most likely, um, 69 kilo Chandler Babb coming in only two and a half kilos under Kim Walford, but then we got Anna and then someone I haven't heard of from Georgia, Nino, something, something, something can't pronounce her name. They're all within like seven and a half kilos again. The women's side is going to be insane based off of these nominations. 76 kilo. Um, we got Jasmine Penn coming in. She's going to have a tough time. She's going against Jessica and then Angelina Olavakova. They're definitely a little bit higher on nominations, but I think Jasmine might be able to pull out a little bit more um, because she had a little bit more left in the tank on her squat. And then on deadlift, she obviously got hurt and had to pull back a little bit. So um, she ve- I guess that's going to be a battle too. 84, Amanda Lawrence. That's probably not going to be a battle for the normal Amanda Lawrence out totaling by 80 kilos. And then the other one is probably not going to be much of a battle. We got Bonica Brown, Bonica Brown, Bonica Brown, kilo plus <laughs> Bonica Brown. Yes. 84 kilo plus. She's coming in like 60 kilos over on nomination. So she's probably got that pretty handily. Um, but yeah, that's, that's our women representing the U S I think we've got someone in every single weight class, right? Yeah. Well, that's uh, yeah, yeah. I agree got, with you. We've got someone in every weight class. Yeah, I, I do agree with you on this one because it is going to be. I think what happened in 2019 with uh, Danielle Mello and Amanda Lawrence, where I think the women stole the show as far as being the focal point or the most interesting to to watch. I think this year is going to be that. I think the women are the focal point of IPF Worlds because of all the battles you see, and then because of the. I mean, really, and then also you, you can talk about with the, with him best overall lifter because everyone knows. In the men's side, Taylor Atwood shows up. He's the best overall lifter. Maybe Russ will try to get him, but, I mean, based on body weight, Russ really doesn't have much of a chance if Atwood puts together performance. But he's not there, so, again, takes the piss out of the men a little bit. For females, I mean, you got Jessica Butner, you got uh, Leah Bavois, you have Amanda Lawrence and Heather Connor. All of them are, all of them, I think, believe they have a chance to win best overall lifter in the female side. But then when you go into certain battles within these weight classes, it's going to get really, really interesting. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to the 57s, and I'm definitely looking forward to 76s, I think. Well, either way, 57 through 76 are all insane battles. All of those classes, especially the, the 57 through 69, because I think we're talking about Kim Walford, Chandler Babb, and then uh, Ana Castellan from Brazil, yeah. um, who won the world title, I think, at 72 last, uh, last Worlds in 2019. It, yeah, it, it, there's some insane bad. We're going to have plenty of fun talking about these because these are that this is probably where IPF Worlds is the most interesting in particular is that 63 um, or the 57, 63 and the 69 kilo classes. Yeah, I agree. I that's uh, that's pr- that's going to be probably where I'm really tuning in hard to, uh, to for IPF Worlds is to watch the like what happens as far as world champions goes on the w- women's side and um, yeah, that's that. That actually that is the good part about IPF Worlds uh, is is kind of the the women's are the women's division is a little bit more rep- represented as far as top to bottom goes. Yep, that's what we talked about. I mean, that there's some there's a, there's the talent pool worldwide on the women's side is is unbelievable. So um, that is where I mean, like if we are no longer part of the IPF, I, I'm I'll miss that. Like I mean, I will miss that fact because we do not dominate the women's side much like we do the men's side. Um, so uh, there's some unbelievable lifters um, on the women's side that we're going to get a pleasure to watch and, and figure out these battles. So definitely will be cool. And I'm sure uh, what we got 
about two months before Worlds, so probably about a month and a half. We'll start looking at some preview shows here for this um, and start figuring out who maybe, we think is going to take home some golds. Maybe a little World Cup. Maybe a little World Cup preview show as opposed to March Madness. We just see the World Cup as far as like pools go and you know who would advance in the pools and the and all those other uh, and all the other brackets that we could do with uh, with that because I think you know we did March Madness for Raw Nationals World Cup would probably make the most sense as far as uh, IPF Worlds. I thought about too an idea uh, if we can get. Uh, Kyle on here and maybe one or two, maybe six people and do a literal fantasy draft. Oh, of worlds, like an actual, like live fantasy draft, snake, snake draft and go through it. And we pick our teams. Yeah. That'd actually be really fun. Uh, actually, you know what, because I'm in Houston and project strength, uh, might have a big part in two white lights coming soon. Uh, we can actually get Kyle in person where we won't be talking over each other. Like what happens when you put four fucking people on a podcast where it turns into you have no idea who's supposed to be talking at a given time and then you don't listen, you don't hear from a guy for like 45 minutes because they get drowned out from the conversation. So this might actually work because we have a potential to have only like four of us on a on a Zoom call or or we could have like four of us in person. Well, I'll I'll have to run the numbers and see like how many people would be optimal for a little fantasy draft. But we'll figure that out, and we'll do that live, and then we'll see. Um, so, um, for sure, me, you, and Kyle, we are taking applications. So, anyone making it this far in the episode, you're obviously a fan. Send us your want to be a part of the IPF World Fantasy Draft. Let us know. I, you know who I bet is going to message us? Squat Meme Deadlift. He better. <laughs> he better. He's all, he's always he's always making memes on us. I know he follows everything IPF. I think he's from France, so that would be a fun one to have. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll probably get somewhere between like four to six people do a little live fantasy draft, maybe. Yeah. Um, and then from there, be able to kind of calculate points. We'll we'll do a little. I'll figure out a little points system for for placing and whatnot. So. All right. Yeah, I I really love that idea. Now that you explained that, it kicks my World Cup ideas ass. So I am uh, I'm definitely on board with that. Uh, going forward so that will do it for this episode of two white lights remember guys the texas barbell syndicate meet is coming up we will have obviously more graphics and more announcements coming soon we will be attending that make sure you're tuning into the live stream and if you are in texas for sure make sure you're watching the texas summer open we will see you guys next week peace